Washed up sports podcast. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to a Washed Up Sports Podcast. This is episode 35. My name is Evan Klein, and I'm glad to be joined alongside my co-host, Max Lindley. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another reinstallment of a Washed Up Sports Podcast. This is episode 35. We got an awesome guest for you coming later today. We do have an awesome guest coming later. We have Robert Coles on the show later and, you know, we have a great episode planned for you guys today. We are an authentic sports commentary from the perspective of two washed up athletes. All right, guys. So before we get into the episode, quick word from our sponsor. If you don't want to hear the word from our sponsor, go subscribe on Patreon. It's two bucks. It's nothing. Go get that done if you don't want to hear the sponsor. If not, here's a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is in partnership with the Retro Recovery. Retro Recovery is New Jersey's number one source for vintage clothing and 90s nostalgia. <laughs> from vintage football jerseys and starter jackets for the draft to vintage baseball tees and caps for opening day, the Retro Recovery has you covered. Get you swagged out. <laughs> and yeah. free shipping is offered nationwide. Hell yeah. Woo! Shop the spring collection now at theretrorecovery.com. And if you want to save a buck, use code WASHEDUP, that's W-A-S-H-E-D-U-P, for 10% off of your order. That's code WASHEDUP at theretrorecovery.com for 10% off your order. Get your gear now. Today's episode is brought to you by The Daily Scoop. Daily Scoop is the premier dog walking and pet sitting service in Bergen County located in Glenrock. Daily Scoop provides service not only to Glenrock, but to several surrounding towns as well. They ensure that you are getting the best possible care for your pets while you cannot be with them. From the simple dog walk to daycare at The Daily Scoop, they have you covered. And if you need to leave town to visit your family or friends for the weekend, have no fear. Daily Scoop offers pet sitting services as well. Inquire for more at www.thedailyscoop.com scoop.com that's scoop with a k at www.thedailyscoop.com here's max with their instagram daily scoop llc check them out scoop with a k all right guys so fantasy football football is just under i want to say a month and a half away like we're getting really close i think i think it's closer to a month but we're really close to football so evan and i wanted to go and Kind of do like a top 10 fantasy picks, not sleepers or anything, just like our almost consensus top 10. And I got to be honest, Evan texted me his list earlier and I had like one qualm with it and like that's it. So like we're in pretty much complete agreeal across the board. Agreeal. Is that a word? Don't think so, but I'm not sure. All right, we'll go with it. I, I, I liked it though. Right. I thought it, I thought it sounded all yeah. right. We're in agreeal. Um, agreement. There we go. Yeah. Um, that's probably proper grammar. But at one, we had Christian McCaffrey. We're talking PPR. PPR and leagues. Gents. Yes, obviously. We're talking, we're talking PPR here. So, you know, CMC, there's not, I, there, I would say there's no better PPR player out there than Christian McCaffrey. He's my number one. Absolutely. And I was in consensus there as well. Next see up. How, see how he responds from injury. Yeah, I, I think he'll come back strong. Yeah, I think he's so like too. a specimen of an athlete. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see the quarterback situation over there in Carolina and see what's going to be going on over there. Now, you have Alvin Kamara here next. I do. At two. 
I agree Alvin Kamara is on the list. I would probably just put him at three and then put Dalvin Cook, who you have at three, at two. Okay, uh, yeah. Because Kamara, I feel like he's going to get, yes, a lot of touches this year. A lot of receptions as well. But that's more likely for injury. That's more likely, like to get stuff, to get re- like read out by the defense and be planned for every week if that's your main weapon. The Saints are not looking too good when they're talking to Michael Thomas. So you, you got to think that he's going to be the main piece of their offense. So yes, that's a good thing, but you got to look on the flip side of that and be like, well, the defense can then snuff it out, plan for it every week, and then maybe it's just like you're handing it off and it's only two yards. That's fair. That's a fair, you know, concern. But if you're switching in with Dalvin Cook, yes, they probably have more weapons on their team. But Dalvin Cook is arguably one of the most injury prone players in the league. I I understand what you're saying. So injury for me, through, he for went me, injury. Whole, he went through the whole he, whole year last year without an injury. Yeah, there was some scares, but yeah, you know, but, but he made it through the whole year and had a beast of a year. Of course. So no, there's no. There's I, no I totally that. get what you're saying, and that's why it's like not a major disagreement. Right, it's a two and, and, and three. Just, I just flopped, flopped them two and three. Yep. It's not much of a difference. Um, want to go with four? Yeah. So four, I'm going to go with Saquon Barkley coming back from that, uh, that knee injury, and you know, big things coming for him. I think if that offensive line, I think the Giants could be pretty decent if the offensive line just holds it together. But that's a and huge if. They need guys to stop retiring. Mm-hmm. They've had like. I think it's like five or six players retired during camp already. Like, that's ridiculous. I know. What, what's going on in camp that's making these guys want to retire? I don't know. There's also a fight at camp. Oh, yeah. So. We, we we posted that on the yeah, Insta. So, like, something's fight. going on over with the Giants. But Is it good? Um, Is it bad? Doesn't sound great. We don't know. But, I, um, yeah, so I'm going to go with Saquon Barkley. You know, everybody knows what he can do. So I'm, I'm really excited for his, uh, his comeback season. I agree with that. And then Devontae Adams at five. Right. I'm in complete consensus there. I yeah. think he's probably he's he, yeah, he's the best receiver. Yeah, I'm best gonna, receiver. I'm gonna there. say in, in this season, Devontae Adams will be the best receiver in the he's NFL. In contract year. Yep. Aaron Rodgers is back. Don't know what's gonna happen after the year. They wanna go out there and prove and they both have something to prove. So I think it's gonna be a fucking light show, laser show over there in yeah. uh, in Wisconsin. Yeah. I, I think you're right there, Evan. Um, then you got Tyreek Hill at seven or six. Yes, excuse me. Six is going to be Tyreek Hill. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I like that. Um, I would maybe flop your six and seven, but it's like to me they're interchangeable. Okay, yeah, it's Um, a seven. I I had uh, Derek Henry, and the reason I put Hill in front of him in a PPR league is, you know, Henry, great running back, you know, arguably the best running back in the league, but he, um, I mean, he's not a pass catcher, which is which is fine, but we're talking PPR football right here. Yeah, he he won me my PPR league last year. No, I mean he's still gonna <laughs> he's still gonna put up points no, in PPR. Absolutely. Don't get me wrong, but that's I just, not. I just wanted to throw that out there. That's before. not his his. That's not why he gets drafted. No, you know what no, I mean. He doesn't get drafted for his pass catching. Right. But another thing to add, Tennessee's offense in general is just gonna be so much better this year. You got it's Julio. Gonna, yeah. Like, come on, man. Like, no, they're gonna. That's be really just good. gonna open up lanes for the run game. Yeah, I think that Tennessee is a shoe into the playoffs, honestly, in my we, opinion. We were talking a couple of podcasts ago, and you were like, what do you think their record is? I think I, they're capable of going to the Super Bowl. Absolutely. They, they are have capable. the team. Yeah. They have the defense. The, the coach. Defense. Vrabel, absolutely. The coach. He's, he's a tough guy. Um, Pretty good coach. I mean, they've been getting close. Yeah, they're, they're closer yeah. and closer, closer each year. Right. Um, 
So consensus there. Then you got Nick Chubb, Cleveland Browns. Mm, number eight, Nick Chubb. I'm a huge fan of his. I, I agree with you here, but this was one, my one qualm. This is where I probably would have put like DeAndre Hopkins instead. Okay. Because um, I'm forgetting his name. Kareem, uh, Kareem Hunt mm-hmm. played so well last year. Right. So you got to think that they're probably going to split touches even more this year. They might not. I could be totally fucking wrong. But that's just my little, like, uh, concern. It's fair. Yeah. It's a fair concern. Yeah. But um, over at number nine? Number nine, Aaron Jones. Also going to have an unreal yeah, year. Yeah, he's a beast. You got to think he's going to show off. Um, Kind of wants Aaron Rodgers to stay if if they have a – the best running back in the league, why would he leave? That's yeah. Good. That's got to be a I mean, I think if, mind. like, w- when the time comes that Devontae and Aaron Rodgers are out, I think Aaron Rod- uh, Aaron Jones might see the door as well. Yeah. Well, you know? he's, he's so good. He's, yeah, no, he's, 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 under- he's pass-catching. For as good as, like, he is and, like, how high he's ranked, I honestly think he's still underrated. Absolutely. I think he's up there with, like, Kamara, yeah, he's up there with Dalvin the best. Cook, 100%. Saquon. He's, he's up there. He's mm-hmm. just, like, mm-hmm. I mean, if you have that eight pick, nine pick, that is a steal. Right, um, absolutely. Right. And then uh, you had Stefan Diggs at ten. Yeah, I, that's Diggs uh, had a big year. Yeah, last year. I just think I think they're gonna his Buffalo is just like the perfect fit, and I think they're gonna build on that. They're coming so hungry after that loss in the AFC Championship last year. The Bills are gonna be so hungry. Josh Allen and Diggs are coming with vengeance this year, and I think it's gonna be very interesting because. All I think about when I think of Diggs is watching Kansas City celebrate on that field. He stayed out there and looked and, and walked away. And he, I could just tell he's like, just wait till next year. Like, I'm coming. Yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. You know? Yeah. But um, I don't disagree. I think Stefan Diggs is in top 10, top 15. Um, there's obviously some honorable mentions. I forget who we said, but. Zeke? Zeke is up there. I don't yeah. know. He had a pretty crappy year last year. Yeah, he was but... so flaky. Yeah. Um, Wow. Think about this, guys. Three years ago, Todd Gurley would have been their top 10. Well, yeah. Gurley's... Like, consensus. Yeah. Super Bowl Gurley back then. Yeah. Insane. Back playing against the Patriots, Super Bowl champs in the Super Bowl back in those days. Super Bowl champs in the Super Bowl? I guess I, I misworded that. <laughs> that meant, like... Todd Gurley was in the Super Bowl playing against the Patriots, who were the Super Bowl Bowl champs. champs. I get it now. All right. Um, So that's it for football talk. We got that is a couple more weeks, as I said earlier, probably close to a month until the actual season starts, which is just getting closer and closer, and it's just unreal. I'm so pumped. I'm jacked up for that as well. No doubt. I'm very jacked up. It's um, always a good – early fall is always a good time in sports for me because, like – You got the World Series. Yeah, you got football. You got baseball. Which Hockey is always, starting uh, up. Yeah, exactly. Late October. Yeah. So. Yeah. October 30th, not to plug, plug, but, like, that's my birthday, and I always felt that's, like, one of the best sports times because sometimes you have the World Series, you have hockey starting up that weekend, and you have football has already started. And I'm pretty sure basketball starts on, like, Halloween. Most of the time. Basketball starts around that time as well. So, like, right around my birthday is, like, the premier sports time. That's awesome. Yo, speaking of basketball, I can't believe I didn't tell you this. Sorry, quick little sidebar before we get to our interview. Yo, I was at Chipotle today, and guess who walked in in Paramus? Kyle Anderson, the small forward on the Memphis Grizzlies. Did you say hi? Yeah, I gave him a fist bump. It was awesome. 
He's six foot nine. Did you I was ask like, him to come on our podcast. No, I should have. But he should have been like, "Hey, I'm Klein. Can you <laughs> can come you on come our up? podcast?" I didn't even ask him for a picture. I just gave him a fist bump. But it was so cool because he's pretty good. You know, he, he was like a average. He averaged like 12, 13 points last year, and and um, he pulls up in a orange Bentley. That's it. And then Where'd walks he go to college. Uh, I don't know, but he went to no. He went to UCLA. He went yeah. to UCLA, yeah. and he he was a St. Anthony's guy out gotcha. in Jersey City. Bobby Hurley. Uh, Bobby Hurley guy He's back home for the summer. Yeah, but that was just a cool little sidebar. I thought I'd mention that I I met Kyle Anderson today at Chipotle. I was just going in on a freaking bowl. Nobody and, wants to hear about this. And Kyle Anderson just ducks in the door. All six foot nine of him, and I'm this just is what like, people want to hear about. Yeah, yeah, and it yeah. was just 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 mucking my bowl. I'm like, Kyle, you know, I'm just picturing this in my head. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Um, I mean, you don't think when you're at Chipotle, an NBA player is going to walk in the door, especially one that like you're familiar with. I don't really think at Chipotle. <laughs> I know. It was awesome. It's pretty cool. I'm uh, happy for you. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Thanks. All right, we're going to get to our interview now. Um, we have Robert Coles. He, you know, does a lot of things. So, you know, he works. Uh, man of many, many yeah. uh, hats. Right. Is that the phrase? No, man of many, man of many Talents, Traits, talents, talents, many, many. He wears a lot of hats. Sure, is that a saying? I don't think so. But he, uh, he's a writer. Uh, he's a he's, he's a, a writer. He's, he's an editor. He's a writer. He's an editor. He writes previews. He's in the betting game a little bit, a lot of bit, a lot of bit. So he works for Pinstriped Prospects, Pinstriped Perspectives, which are both Yankees blogs, website social media that's the correct. whole nine yards that's right we are not the biggest fan of yankees which is still show you should still go check it out it's good stuff <laughs> and then he also works for the u.s betting report which is also right a blog he website, does that yeah social and, media. and then he's said he talked a lot about uh he's been working with the california betting report as yeah, well which, which you got which US you guys betting will report. hear about and then um he does some other stuff that we didn't talk about on purpose because something related to that is coming in the future. So he does one other thing with another group of guys, which is awesome. But uh, just wait on that. Yeah. To the interview. We are now happy to be joined by Robert Coles, Robert's preview writer for U.S. Betting Report, editor of Pinstripe Prospects and Pinstripe Perspective. Robert, thank you so much for joining us today, man. Thank you for having me, guys. Really, really looking forward to it. Awesome. Let's get into it. We're going to talk a little baseball, a little bit about what you do and, um, you know, have some fun. So, so as I just said, you know, you write for U.S. Betting Report, editor, Pinstripe Prospects, Pinstripe Perspective. Can you tell us a little bit about those three things and, you know, what exactly it is you do with them? Yeah. So for, I guess I'll start with <coughs> Pinstripe Prospects. So, for them, Pittsburgh Prospects is basically, um, you know, an all-intensive Yankees minor league news coverage website. You know, they hire a lot of freelancers. They go to all the minor league games. They're big on video, so they'll record all the players, big on player interviews um, and that type of stuff. But where I come in uh, on that website, so I wrote for them. Um, I've been writing for Pinstripe, or I wrote for Pinstripe Prospects for about – two, three years just covering the Yankees. So they hadn't done a ton of stuff just talking about the MLB level. A lot of their stuff was in the minor leagues. Um, but, you know, one day on Twitter, I kind of just reached out to the head of the site, Rob Pimpsner, because he posted something saying they were looking for writers. I got on board, started writing about the Yankees. 
um, and was doing that for a few years. And then starting actually this year, within the last month or two or so, um, Pinstripe Perspective came into the picture, which is basically now going to be the new stop for strictly MLB coverage for Pinstripe Prospects. So that would just be like the Yankees or just any general um, MLB news pretty much. And, you know, I run that website. Um, I'm really the only one contributing contributing to it right now, um, you know, but hopefully that grows in the future. And then U.S. Betting Report, um, I started with them a few months ago, kind of just writing baseball betting previews. Um, I've done a handful of those. I haven't done them in a while um, just because I've now switched to writing for California Betting Report, um, you know, because we needed some more links on that page. So I've actually learned a lot about uh, the, the sports betting industry in California, which has been um, pretty, pretty interesting. But yeah, that's a quick, a quick rundown. Awesome. That's awesome. So, you know, obviously a lot, a lot on your plate. So tell me a little bit how you, about, sorry, about how you got into writing. Um, you know, when did you decide you wanted to make a career out of that? Yeah. So um, when I was a freshman at Colgate, um, I had, you know, I was looking for summer opportunities, things to, you know, fill my time um, and a very small website called isportsweb.com was run by a Colgate grad, was just kind of, you know, posting job openings for freelance writers. So I reached out and then started writing with them um, for about a year, but basically just writing about the Brooklyn Nets, the New York Jets and the New York Yankees, all the teams that, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of. Um, so that's where it really started. I wrote a little bit in high school, um, kind of more, you know, amateurly and just kind of putting my opinions in a word doc. And, you know, we had a small website there. Um, but yeah, started in college with that. And then, you know, grew into Pinstripe Prospects and U.S. Betting Report, all that good stuff. Gotcha. So, you know, sports betting, it's become you know, it's, it's boomed over the last, you know, however many years. And, you know, tell me a little bit how you, how you initially got involved with them and, and, you know, what's it like being a part of, you know, this booming industry and, you know, being so in tune with it. Yeah. So, I mean, I've enjoyed recreationally speaking, you know, betting on games for a long time. Um, but it was something I became interested in professionally. Um, you know, I would be applying to a lot of writers jobs and it, this was actually a pretty, um, lucky scenario for me. So I, I had applied to a job at one company that was looking for people that wanted to write about, you know, betting industry updates. Um, I reached out to one of their lead writers, turns out they'd filled the position, but you know, we connected on LinkedIn, all that good, all that good networking stuff. Right. Um, and then it just happened to be the next day. Um, someone had actually reached out to the, you know, the guy I was speaking to directly and said, you know, I'm looking for someone to start, you know, writing for me on us betting report, writing betting previews, writing industry updates. And then that guy that I spoke to put the guy that reached out to him in contact with me. And I started writing for, for us betting report and California betting report. So it was a little serendipitous, um, definitely a little bit of luck and, and timing for sure. So, you know, you say you write, you write previews for them. Tell me what goes into a preview. Yeah. Well, if you've been in, um, into any of my clubhouses, you would know that I'm a big, a big, um, stats guy when it, when it comes to baseball. So a lot of those betting previews is basically, you know, I'll be looking at a game. So say, you know, the Astros and the A's are playing. Um, basically, you know, I'll go through the stuff on baseball savant, see what I like, see what I don't like, look at some, look at some numbers there um, and, and kind of try to quasi math my way to a reasonable conclusion on a good pick for that game. And then, um, 
kind of just just post it and it was something i started doing for about a month that's that's kind of quieted down a little bit now um you know with the with the california veteran report and all those industry updates and stuff but um yeah i mean it's been it, it's been fun and it's mostly just me doing what i like to do with my free time and being able to put that you know into into writing and making picks so you know it's been enjoyable that's awesome. Yeah, I can say I can confirm I may or may not have been in uh, many of those clubhouses. So I can, I can, I can confirm the uh, that Coles is a stats guy over here. So, um, so you know, you specialize in in baseball. I know you've said about. Do you still currently specialize in any other sports, or you're really just focusing in on baseball these days? Yeah. So right now, um, it really is kind of full throttle baseball. It's probably the sport that I know the most about, but also, you know, in terms of writing betting reports, you know, writing articles on the Yankees, it's, it's the most evidence-based sport, which is kind of one of the reasons I like it so much. You know, you can really formulate an argument around, you know, data and, and the evidence that you have in front of you. And that's a bit harder to do with, you know, basketball or football, that's more scheme and kind of how you see the game. Whereas with baseball, it's, you can really wonder, you know, why is this player struggling or, you know, is this team really overperforming, underperforming? And you can look into things, um, you know, that kind of drive you to, to that conclusion. Um, so that's why I've gone full throttle baseball. I think it's, it's the one I have, you know, the most experience writing on um, and, and probably the one I enjoy, you know, the most and have the most expertise on, I would say. Gotcha. So, you know, obviously, as a big Yankee fan, getting to write about, you know, the team that you that you love has to be a lot of fun. What's it what's that like for you getting to, you know, just, you know, turn, you know, a passion like rooting for the New York Yankees into a career? What's that mean to you? Um, I mean, yeah, it's awesome. At the end of the day, all I really you know, care about is that, you know, people are reading my my stuff and engaging with my opinions and the things that I put out there. So, I mean, it's been a lot of fun. I've been going to Yankee games and watching the Yankees since I can, you know, remember you know forming memories so it's definitely it's, it's definitely something that I've enjoyed doing um and, and something I don't take for granted but um you know I hope it keeps growing into the future you know right now it's definitely um definitely in its early stages I would say um you know ho hoping to keep that going hoping to grow hoping to you know get more people to uh to read read what I put on paper you know yeah 100 percent. that's the goal for sure so you know with these sites, U.S. betting report slash California betting report, you know, what, it, where do you see it going? You know, what's the, you know, sky's the limit, I'm sure. But what's your, your goals, your personal goals for the sites, for yourself with the sites? Yeah, I mean, the, the goal is just to get as many people reading it as possible at the end of the day. You know, the guy that runs the site um, is really good with search engine optimization. I actually had a conversation with him yesterday about, you know, some, some, numbers heading in the right direction. But you know, the one thing I really like about US betting report, betting report and California betting report is that it's in its really early stages. So it gives me the opportunity to kind of be, you know, at the beginning of something, you know, potentially big. And especially with the California betting report, you know, I'm writing a ton of updates on that legalization process, which, you know, in November, they're, they're voting or in November 2022, they're voting on that. So, you know, there's still a long way to go there. And there's, there's a lot of progress to be made. And you know, it, it's really interesting. And the hope is that, you know, it becomes one of the premier, you know, betting news industry picks, you know, websites. And, you know, I have a lot of confidence that it can be. Um, but I mean, that's the goal. But the, the biggest goal at the end of the day is that, you know, I'm able to write stuff and people are able to, to read it and enjoy it. 100%. 100%. With, with California betting report, is that just picks on games that are happening in California? 
No, so that's actually just betting industry legalization updates for the state, really. So I okay. write a lot about, um, you know, new casinos that are opening up, new legislation. I wrote a lot in the beginning about, you know, because California has been kind of scrambling to get um, this decision on the ballot as to whether or not to legalize sports betting in, in you know, the next November election. Um, so that's really where, where most of my experience has been on the California side. It hasn't necessarily been writing about teams directly in California. Um, but yeah, it's been about, you know, news updates, things like that, which I was, which was not something I expected to write about, but I've learned a lot from it. So it's been, it's been a good experience. No doubt. I'm in New Jersey. So, you know, one of the States with, you know, looser laws around mobile sports betting and all that stuff. So, and then I go to school in Buffalo, New York, where you can't sports bet with mobile. So, um, so it's it's pretty different. I'm I've always I'm I don't know if you have an opinion on it, but do you think New York's going to get there? I do think that New York is on their way. I think they're aiming for the big players like FanDuel and DraftKings to start allowing that come this year's Super Bowl. I think that's kind of a date they have circled for New York. But I mean, with a lot of these things, it's not so much an if question as it is a when question. There's a lot of politics that goes into these legalization Mm -hmm. processes. You know, in in, in California, you have all of these Native American tribes that, you know, from the beginning of when this legalization process started, they got a big chunk because, you know, the way that gambling started in a lot of these states was people going to these Native American reservations, playing the games that they created, and that eventually, you know, they got granted the rights to build casinos and, and operate it that way. Um, so there's a lot of red tape there and, you know, these pl- big players like FanDuel, DraftKings obviously get in the way of that and, and cause a whole delay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's really a, a matter of, of, you know, when and not, and not so much if in a lot of these places. Gotcha. So, you know, we asked this to a lot of our guests, you know, a younger person who, who wants to become a writer, write about sports. What, what piece of advice would you give to them? Something you wish someone told you when you were younger? It's a good question. I would say just apply to every single job that catches your eye in the writing space and reach out to as many possible people as you can to just talk with them. I mean, that's how I got this opportunity with U.S. Betting Report was, you know, I was talking to someone that worked at a company that I wanted to work for and I'd applied to the day before. And then the day later, he messages me saying, you know, oh, oh, this guy from a different site is looking for writers. Let me put you in touch. So a lot of it is just um, creating your own luck and just reaching out to as many people as possible and just continuing to network. And that's really it. No doubt. Yeah, no, that's, that's, I think that's a great piece of advice with the podcast, you know, we saw it, you know, it's very, you know, sometimes it's a very slow process and it can be frustrating at times when you don't have a lot of people, you know, looking at your thing or you wish like, cause you see these, you know, these videos are like hundred thousand views and like things go crazy and you're like, but it's like, I think, you know, staying on track and, you know, you know, everyone says it, trust the process is such a big thing, you know, not only with, you know, podcasting, but, you know, with writing as well. I'm sure you agree. Yeah, definitely. And, and another piece that I was told is just do something that you like for free up until someone pays you or until you fail, you know, just as right. long as you just keep doing it. No one, no one really, you know, you shouldn't care if you enjoy doing it, just keep going. A hundred percent. So I couldn't, I couldn't have you on here without, you know, getting into, you know, your thoughts on the current state of the New York Yankees a little bit, you know, it's been, uh, as everyone knows, I'm a Red Sox fan, absolute nightmare of a few weeks for me, but you know, some might say a dream of a few weeks for, uh, for your guys. So give me a little, uh, rundown on your feeling right now. Yeah. I mean, 
it feels like the script has been completely flipped with the Yankees and Red Sox from the first half to, to now. But, you know, with the Yankees, it's they clearly got a, a jolt of energy from these Gallo and Rizzo acquisitions. And, you know, I'd be lying if I said they didn't kind of luck themselves or should I say back themselves into a couple of these these wins that they've had. You know, they're they're five and two. Um, in their last seven and you know they could have easily lost two of those games against Seattle but the beginning of the year you know as we know the Yankees had all those terrible losses at the end of game so it's nice to finally get some bounces our way um, but I mean you know we'll see what happens this was a big part of the schedule for them to kind of get fat um, you know they had the Orioles and then they had Seattle you know they took care of business and now they get Kansas City starting tonight so if you get right here um, you know, I think it's important to take either two out of three or, or sweep the Royals because then you get the White Sox, you got the Red Sox next week. So it doesn't get any easier after this. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I didn't see it coming. I'll be the first one to say that I, um, you know, and I didn't think that this American League East was going to be, you know, a four team four team race going down to the wire, you know. August, the end of August is we're in for a treat, you know, beginning of September, still two months left, but where do you see this going? You know, you know, end of the, end of this, come end of the season. What's your, what's your playoff picture in the American league looking like? Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's hard to keep this completely unbiased, obviously, Of course. Um, but we had, we actually had a clubhouse room the other day and, you know, we, we go around, we do hot takes sometimes. And I don't, I don't know if you, I don't think you were in the room, but one of my hot takes was that uh, the Red Sox were going to miss the playoffs entirely. Um, now I'll be the first to say that I, from when the season started, the Red Sox regular season win total was set at 80 and a half. And that was a little too low. And, you know, I put money in the over and, and things are looking good, but I don't think they're the 97 win team, you know, the pace that they were on um, and, and they're pitching to me. Um, I don't know if it can hold up and we'll have to see how sale returns. Um, so, yeah, I mean, with all that said, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I think Tampa is going to win the East at the end of the day. And then in the wild card, you're going to see another Yankees Oakland game. I think the Red Sox are just going to kind of run out of steam here. And then obviously White Sox got control of the central. And then, you know, the Astros are probably going to win the, win the West, even though the A's are, are breathing down their neck, but, you know, trying to keep it unbiased, but I, I could see the Red Sox really just kind of falling out of it here. I know you hate to hear that probably. Uh, probably is right. <laughs> um, you know, I think, I think it's it's going to be a race to the end. You know, if they can somehow get back on track with Sale, Schwarber back, you know, a couple of relievers getting back, I think there's still time. You know, two months is enough time to, you know, establish something in the wild card race. You know, maybe, you know, give Tampa a run for their money. But it has to be now. Yeah. They have to, you know, they have an off day today. It has to be right now. And I think uh, it's, um, it's for sure frustrating because it's like when we're having – our worst two weeks, Yankees and Blue Jays are in Rays even are having the best two weeks in of the season, you know, but I, I tell people not to forget, you know, the Red Sox still have like the same win total as the White Sox. So it's like another real, another really good team. You know, we've seen our struggles in August, but at the end of the day, like we're not nearly out of it. You know, people have, people are so quick and with the Yankees too, they were, I hate, you know, so many people are so quick to jump to conclusions. We're out of it. We suck. We're not making the playoffs, but it's not over till it's over. And we've seen that with the Yankees now. And, you know, and, and we're seeing it with the blue Jays a little bit kind of making a run. So, you know, that's what I try to tell people. Yeah, I can't tell you how many arguments I got in because I've been a I've been kind of a believer in the Yankees even when they were struggling. I can't tell you how many ridiculous arguments I got in about the Yankees in in the middle of June and, and early July when people were just kind of giving up on them. I said, you know, just just wait around. The schedule gets easier. They'll they'll be okay. And I can confirm as a, a chance. 
Yeah, I can confirm you. You always kept the faith. I was always hearing that out of you. Last kind of thing on the Yankees that I want to touch on. I saw they, they're sending Gill back down, Luis Gill. I mean, as a Yankees minor league guy, what's your thoughts on that? He looked good up in, up in the big leagues. Yeah, I think that's just a for now move. Um, I, th- I forget who it was, but they wanted to add a couple guys to the roster for this Kansas City series. And, this, and you know, they have the Field of Dreams game on Thursday with that, and then the rest of that White Sox series. Um, I would expect him to be back. I don't think this is at all a permanent move. It's more just a move to kind of um, get some pieces around. Absolutely. Gotcha. All right, everyone, you know, Robert, it was a pleasure having you on today. Um, You know, really appreciate the time, had a lot of fun. So uh, thank you so much for your time, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Evan. Appreciate it. Welcome back from the interview with Robert Coles. That was so much fun. Really enjoyed sitting down with Robert and, you know, talking, talking about what he does and um, he's a great guy and, you know, he's doing a lot of great things. Yeah. It was a really cool interview to uh, be a part of. Absolutely. Continuing on the note of baseball, we're going to talk a little bit about um, current state of the, the major leagues, the major league baseball organization. Right. Right. Sure. So <laughs> Max, the Mets are, are falling apart a little bit, you know, can they salvage a playoff spot? I don't know. Let's see what our Instagram thought because we asked them the other day. Well, we asked who was winning the division. Yeah. So I guess this has a little bit to do with it. But our the consensus was that the Phillies would be winning the division with seven votes, four votes for the Mets, and three votes for the Braves. The Mets need to turn it around if they're going to really do something. So, you know, they haven't been hitting. And that's the issue. And what what did we think about? Did you see Pete Alonso after the game yeah. being like, "Relax, we're good." Like, no, that's the that's a great attitude. But you, you but you also do want to see a little sense yeah, of urgency. Yeah, I mean, you want to be know? like, yeah, I I like the we're good, like relax and everything. But you would also want to see him be like, "But we're fired up. We're coming next week. Like we're we're coming hot this week." Like right. Um, look so, out for the Mets. So do you think th- I, I think the Mets definitely have a good chance at a wild card spot. I, I, as much as I hate to say it, I want the Mets to win the vision. I really I do don't see it happening. Right. I think the Mets, but I still think the Mets will slip in as a wild. Yeah. Uh, they have no. shot, but the NL is so no tough. dude. The, the West is too good. I don't think they will. I don't, they, I think the Mets have to win the division. I really do. Dude. I, think I don't think they will though. To, yeah, and, I, and we love the Mets. Like this isn't Mets slander. No, it's just like they're not going to win the current state of. the I don't Mets even know right what I'm now. thinking because the Padres and the Dodgers. Dodgers, yeah, that's that's the, the Giants are on their tail. Giants, Giants are in first. Oh, Jesus Christ! Giants are up. In, in Giants are in first by four games. Since when? By four games. Like four games ago, four games. I don't like know. The past month. No, like re- pretty recently. I, I don't watch too much NL baseball. If I'm being completely honest. Yeah. But, so. The oh Giant, my God. Giants are leading that division. Or NL West baseball because it's on late. I'm usually asleep. Um, so that's gonna, wow. that's gonna. I think there's gonna be three NL NL West teams in the playoffs. Mets, you gotta pick it up now. Absolutely. I mean, I completely agree. I think there will be three NL West teams in the playoffs. So that's my my position. I want the Mets to win the division. I want them to get in as a wild card. Will any of that happen? You know, we have a little two months to to really figure that out. So. Yeah, it's time to buckle up. Absolutely. For all the baseball teams, not just the Mets. We yeah. got a, we got a bunch of struggling under two teams, months. as like, we'll get to. You have under two months now. I mean, like, yeah. it's crazy. So there's still a lot of time for teams to flip the script. Um, Red yeah, Sox, we're almost in September, dude. Red Sox being one of those teams that have to flip the script right now. As we were um, saying, <laughs> we got more who need yeah. to flip the script. So they've had their worst you know, stretch 
you know, of the season by far playing losing baseball. And, you know, at that time, the Rays get hot. The Yankees get scorching hot. Blue Jays are, you know, doing what we all know they could. They're smacking the Red Sox. Yeah, they're They're smacking the Red Sox. They're sneaky. They're so good. And like, so right now, if you're the Red Sox, you're starting a series. You know, today's Tuesday. You're starting a series out in Tampa. You're four back. You need to sweep the series. Absolutely. Two out of three minimally, but you need you need to get three here. And like this is the time you can win these three and you flip the script of the entire season. Because just as we were saying for the NL East, just like the AL East, everyone is good and it's close. So that wild card is up in the air. It's anybody's spot. Right. Whoever doesn't win right the division now, is going for the wild card. As and there's three teams for it, correct? Yes. As for, no, there's two card, two wild card spots. But three teams going for the wild card spot. Like that are right next to each other. Well, yeah. Right now you got A's and Red Sox tied for the wild card for the two wild card spots. Then you got the Yankees, the Blue Jays. You know, three back. So, um, so Four it's teams. close. Yeah. So it's yeah. close. No. More like, um, I confuse you sometimes. I can tell. You do. Because I try to talk about baseball. I'm just not good at talking in like baseball terms. So <laughs> I kind of just splurt whatever comes to my mind out because I'm trying to keep up. But it's all right. I, thanks for bearing with me. No problem. No problem. <laughs> but yeah, I mean. It, it's been tough, but you know, at the end of the day, the Red Sox had a dream of a first half and you get to the trade deadline and you're like, well, we were in first place for most of the season. I don't blame the trade deadline because we played so well. We played first place baseball with the team that we had. So, you know, you get Kyle Schwarber and you get a healthy Chris Sale back coming, you know, this Saturday on the 14th, making his first start. You know, you'd like and you you have you get a little bit of bullpen help, but have they actually been helped? Not really. But, you know, it's what they're supposed to be. But, you know, that should be enough. I mean, Adovino really. has been good. Adovino has been fine, but they, they overuse him a little bit, in my they, opinion. They definitely do. Barnes has been getting hammered lately. You know, he got hammered against for the Blue Jays in two straight games and two straight games, gave up go ahead home runs in really big situations. And, you know, it's just you could feel the pressure getting to this team. And, you know, but, you know, as I said, there's a little bit of time left. Not too late to flip the script. You got to go now, though. I, I completely agree. One thing I do want to say, though, and this is something you told me a couple, like, I don't know, 10 podcasts ago, like right before baseball season was starting, that like the Red Sox or right as the baseball season was starting when the Red Sox were getting good, you're like, the Red Sox are not supposed to be this good. No. So don't expect them to be this good. No, like, it's right. not like the expectation of this year. Right. So I feel like as fans and as but everybody, when you... we got used to the Red Sox being the best team in the league because they were. But then that's really not what they were trying to do this year, technically. But I'm not saying that's an excuse. I'm just bringing it up. No, it's not. It's no. It's not an excuse to lose nine out of eleven. You know. No, absolutely. Never not. an excuse. But, absolutely not. You know, they gotta just. I think they're still. They can still salvage and you know figure this out. But um, yeah, that's my my take on that. And you know, these last uh, last weeks of MLB season, you know, going into the playoffs are going to be so crazy, and so many races are going to be just like right there, very very close. So very excited to see how that turns out. Absolutely, yeah. So, so, I, I'm yeah. I'm just hoping the Red Sox can pull it together. Me too. Because I I don't want to see them miss out on the playoffs after the first half. They have. no, I know that would be. I mean. You would think after the first half they had like probably close to a ninety percent chance of making the playoffs statistically. Yeah, you know. And now so they're, I, I don't even want to know. What no, it's probably now. it's probably getting close. It's to, probably very low, comparatively. Yeah. Right, comparatively to the ninety. But um, yeah. we're gonna um, 
you know, kind of switch up the conversation to something else that Max was thinking of that we wanted to discuss here today. Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds. Still not in the Hall of Fame. Still had the most illustrious career of a hitter of all time. That's right. I We've never actually had a conversation about it on the podcast or off the podcast, so I just figured we could talk about it. Like, what was your opinion on Barry Bonds, the whole situation when um the the Hall of Fame like completely neglecting him and not wanting him to be a part of baseball history and all of that because he was in my opinion just, or I'll let you go and then I'll give my opinion. All right, I have a pretty strong opinion on it. So you need seventy five percent vote to to get to the Hall of Fame. Um, Bonds was like in the high sixties in his in the last time they voted for him. You know. And that obviously has everything to do with the uh, the steroids. So, yeah, of course, you know, Barry Bonds did steroids and, and all that. But, you know, they the MLB painted this picture during that like big steroid era that there was like a few big names who were doing it. And like they were all being, um, you know, they were handed punishments for it. And everything. No, hundreds and hundreds of baseball players were doing steroids. It and, sounds kind of similar. And not all not all of them were, you know discipline the same way. Andy Pettit has come out and, and said, Oh yeah, I did it. Everybody did it. You know? And so if, you know, if, if bonds isn't going to be in the hall of fame, you have to treat everybody that's ever, you know, been caught with it the same exact way. And it's just, I don't think they're doing that. And I think bonds, you know, yes, he did steroids, but don't, you can't that Barry Bonds the steroids did not make Barry bonds. The greatest hit. hitter of all time. Right. Right. Did it add some pop to the bat? Yeah, of course, of course it did. And is that and is that fair? Is that a competitive advantage? It is. But does that does that take away from you know how good of a baseball player he was? He was an amazing baseball player, and and that's what he was. I mean, you know, but I never. It is cheating, and you know that's never acceptable. So you know, I'm, I go back and forth a little bit. I think he should be in the Hall of Fame because of how great of a player he is. But you know, everyone also you know fucks up. So it's like it's a very very tough situation for me. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat. I have two things to say. One is that I would say it. I'm glad you said that so like professionally because the way I have to say it is like I just feel like the way he's been like fucked over from the national, the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame is kind of like just messed up. Like he was such a huge part of your sport. He grew the sport during that era. Era people weren't coming to the stadium to watch Joe Schmo. They were coming to watch Barry Bonds. And they were coming to watch him hit it 500 fucking feet, you know, out of the stadium. Yeah. And then, like, you can't just take that away. Um, that That's one. And then two, where you were saying where it's like hundreds of players were doing it, it really just reminds me of, like, the sticky stuff this year. <laughs> like, they tried to find a couple people that they could be like, oh, they got caught. They got caught. It's scapegoating. Yeah, it's that's exactly it. It's right. sca- It's finding people to scapegoat. And um, MLB does it a lot. Um, it sucks. And I I don't know. I was just watching, I, th- I think, a highlight tape on Barry Bonds a couple a couple days ago. Yeah. Was that curious, fascinated to see what you would say about it. Yeah. No, no doubt. It's like definitely a good uh, debate topic. Yeah. I think he sure. should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I think he should be in the Hall Great of Fame. Great hitter, man. Yeah. I mean, and I totally agree with what you said about like if you're gonna not have him in, 
you can't let anyone else who uses Make it. Make sure A-Rod's first guy gets banned. Unfortunately, you can't get Poppy in either. Yeah, Because he tested positive for steroids too. You know, like there's so many players yeah, that did it. But no bias shit here. This I, is bias. No, but like it, dep- it also depends. Like I think like not everyone was using like the same exact no, thing. I think what you were, I think people I think, were trying to get competitive advantages. Whether I mean, that's right or wrong, that's not what we're debating. We're debating whether they should be treated the same. Yeah, I guess. And I I think to your to your point, I think Poppy was tested once, it came up inconclusive, and then tested again and it came up inconclusive. And then they never tested him further. Yeah, and like I, I read an article just now. I pulled it up. 103 players in uh, the year of 2003, which is just like it's a lot insane. Of, it's a lot of baseball players. That's like a roster. It's like a full farm system. Yeah, like and that's so, huge. And some. That's huge. It's like that's a, a lot full of roster of like a farm, like a top to bottom, like everybody that you bring to spring training <laughs> and you know your all low your a, catchers, all your, your bullpen lo- catchers, your low A teams, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. That's crazy. It's nuts. And they're probably all really good baseball players. People that that list would probably be um, a stud, all time stud team. Which makes you want to ask, like, <laughs> do they need it? I don't know. You don't like, know. You could you could definitely argue Barry Bonds didn't need any cheating. Of course not. Yeah. Don't don't think he did. Yeah. Would he have hit all those, you know, would he have shattered that record if I think uh so. Yeah, maybe. But, I think he would have. But, but we that's don't... just my opinion, and we'll never know. Exactly. Yeah, so uh, you know, just to to break everything down, you know, there's a great episode. Another thanks to Robert Cole's great interview, and uh, you know, make sure you follow the Instagram, subscribe to the YouTube, make sure you subscribe to Patreon. Consider that. Uh, follow two bucks. It's cheap. Right. Follow Twitter, TikTok, um, everywhere. That Instagram's the big one. Yeah, Instagram the most active. Yeah, Instagram. Um, we've been popping off on the reels and all that stuff. It's a lot of fun. A lot of great content we share on there, you know, um, and we have a lot of uh, good stuff to offer. So make sure you check us out, guys. Yep. We got we announced it to our Patreons a little bit ago, so I feel comfortable announcing it here. We got two new podcasts coming. Do you want to say the names? Yes, we got Up and In, um, which with is the Jack baseball and Evan. Show, with Jack and Evan, which is the baseball show. And then we got Chirps and Chell over with uh, Max and Jared, which Jared is Brazel, gonna, which is going to be uh, new 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 anchor host. Yeah, yeah, so all those are coming. Um, I guess I'd say like fall. Yeah, look for them in the fall. Yeah, the the hockey one will probably be earlier than the baseball one. I don't know. No, you guys got to get going for World Series. Right, it'd be an ample place to start off. Would be. But even that is like, October, like yeah, fall. no, it's fall. We're trying to get so every- we're looking at fall. All right, guys. Well, uh, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. See you next week. Hey guys, thanks for watching. Be sure to check out the rest of our channel and subscribe. Make sure to follow our Instagram and maybe consider subscribing on Patreon for our bonus content. You can only find it there. I promise it will be well worth it. Thanks.